Weekly Playtime with Stacy and Devin. The internet tells us that we're a health and wellness podcast, but you won't find any professional advice here. <laughs> That's right. We are just here to share our journeys so that hopefully our failures make you feel better about yours. Uh, Devin, is there a category for just relatable podcasts? I don't know. Probably. Let's be that. <laughs> Sounds good. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's just Stacy tonight. Uh, Devin is on vacation, so I am doing a solo show tonight. Uh, and actually, I'm not. I don't even have a guest. It's just me. It's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, here I am. <laughs> um, so I guess I should start with what I'm drinking because that's the format of the show. And I am drinking a hop water, which is by the same company that makes hop tea that I often drink on the show. Um, but this one, instead of having tea in it that sometimes has caffeine, um, this is just hops brewed with carbonated water. And this one has the Sabro hops, S-A-B-R-O. It's supposed to be a tropical flavor hop. Uh, so that's what I'm drinking tonight. But anyway, I'll just go ahead and get straight into the topic since obviously it would be weird to do a... <laughs> weekly recap uh, with myself. Uh, But anyway, so, you know, an idea that I've been stewing on for a long time is I think it would be really neat to have like an old fashioned radio hour where, um, you know, the full idea would be something like I have this huge story that goes over multiple episodes and it's kind of like a mystery and I bring on other people and we have different voices and characters and, you know, we work on sound effects and the whole shebang. Um, so that is like the big grand scheme, high level, like pie in the sky idea. Um, but that's not exactly, (laughs) that is far from what I'm doing tonight. Um, but I did think about sharing some old, uh, I have a old poem and an old short story, uh, that I wrote one time. And just to be clear, I am not a writer. Uh, Devin is definitely the writer, uh, in the, in the group here. Um, I am not a writer. I actually have no interest in being a writer. I don't, right now. I don't, it's not a hobby of mine. I don't know why I did this back in the day. Um, it's, it was around middle school, maybe, um, mid to late middle school, early high school. Um, I think in my opinion, I think part of it was probably just a form of self-expression because, um, you know, during those times you're going through a lot you go you're going through breakups and you're having a lot of emotions and my family has never been one to talk about emotions so i think this was a way for me to kind of get through that and express that um and um also computers were kind of new and coming up at that time and so it, it was kind of another way for me to stay on the computer because I would type up my stories in, um, I don't know if it was notepad or just a really early version of Word. I guess I had different fonts. So it's probably different uh, or a very early version of Word. But the funny thing is the paper that I printed my short story on is one that is connected uh, from out on the top and bottom. So like it kind of is like an accordion fold paper. And I remember that it was just like a stack that sat, I don't know if it was behind or in front of the printer, but the printer would pull it through and then it would like, you could fold it up and it, you know, but anyway, so, um, 
I think also it was a little bit of just tinkering, wanting to do something on the computer. I remember spending a lot of time playing with paint. And one of my favorite things was to zoom in really close in paint to where, and I'd turn on the grid so you would see the individual pixels. And then I would make like a house with the little square pixels. And it would have like a tree and a yard and, you know, it'd have like all this detail. And then you would zoom out and it would be this tiny little dot on the, on the screen. Um, I don't know why <laughs> I was obsessed with that, but I would do that constantly. Um, so anyway, so uh, I still have these poems and uh, short stories, obviously, and I don't know what made me think of them the other day, but I thought, you know, maybe I could share them as like an intro to my uh, radio hour. And if I, if I thought this was fun, just kind of reading through these, then maybe I would try to think about the radio hour a little more. But... Um, don't, please don't expect anything amazing. As I said, I'm not a writer and I wrote these when I was very young. So it's horrible grammar, horrible, like I did not edit or rewrite these in any way. So, you know, it's very, very, very basic writing skills is what you'll see in these. Um, but first I wanted to start with the poem and I picked this one in particular because I think it's kind of neat that... This poem was inspired by the story, The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. So one, I think it was neat that I wrote a poem inspired by another one, but also um, now that I live in Baltimore, where Edgar Allan Poe is from and where his grave is, I, I just think that's, that's kind of cool that uh, the two are tied together. But this was, this poem is from the perspective of the victim in The Telltale Heart. Um, and if I remember correctly, which I should have looked it up before I started recording, but The Telltale Heart was where a guy murders another guy uh, and he doesn't even know why he doesn't like him. He's just like, can't stand this guy. And uh, he plot plans out very carefully um, to go murder the guy. Then he murders him. And I think he buries him under his bed or floorboards or something. And just the guilt um he keeps hearing the heartbeat and just the guilt drives him crazy and he and he ultimately goes mad uh because he murdered this guy but anyway so here goes nothing i wasn't ever mean to him but on me his light shone dim i just knew sorry i just know he has a plan he will try it i know he can why he doesn't like me i just can't seem to see at night, he was in my dreams, but maybe it's not what it seems. Very dark was my house. Nothing could see, not even a mouse. I was awoken one night. I thought I saw a light. I could tell they were there, standing there with the greatest of care. Who was there? I do not know. Not a piece of them shone. Could it be that man again? Has he come to commit a sin? Then a stream of light I saw. My name it seemed to call. Then he was there with hardly a care. Then suddenly he strikes. I try my best to fight, but he is too strong. I can't hold on for long. I'll never see the light of tomorrow. The end. <laughs> so there you go. That was the, uh, in case you're ever curious, that was the victim in uh, Telltale Heart. That was his point of view. He didn't know why Poe didn't like him. And he, and he was suspicious and then he just couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe his uh, house, he shouldn't have kept his house so dark, <laughs> but anyway, okay. 
so now I'm going to go over and read the short story. Uh, hopefully it doesn't take too long because I don't want to uh, bore anybody by going too long, but it doesn't look too long. Um, but I do want to give a trigger warning. The story does involve um, suicide. Um, it's, I guess, um, a little dark story there. So um, I get just a little bit of trigger warning there. So if that is something that bothers you, uh, feel, please feel free to um, stop the podcast now. But here goes. This is called Perfect. I can't believe she's gone. I knew it had to happen because dot, dot, dot. It was the same sentence every time that Dax couldn't finish. The words just wouldn't come out. If it's still too hard to talk about, Mr. Robinson, we can finish another day. We accomplished a lot today. You should be proud, Jerry told Dax. No, I want to finish, said Dax, surprisingly. Jerry, the best psychologist in Hammingville, couldn't even get Dax to finish the sentence. I think he's afraid to talk about the fate of death because he doesn't want to end up like his brother, exclaimed Jerry to Dax's mother after one of his previous conferences with Dax. Dax Robinson was Hammingville's high high star quarterback. He had led the War Eagles to three victories in the past. Before Dax, the War Eagles had been on a losing streak for the past 17 years. This being Dax's senior year, everyone knew he was going to, it was going to be the best yet. Dax was 6'2", medium brown hair with blonde streaks, bright blue eyes, dark complexion, nicely built, great personality, every girl's dream, and the envy of every guy. He was good at everything he did. Failure and disappointment was not in his vocabulary. His girlfriend of two years was Joey Donner. Uh, They met her freshman year, and Dax uh, was picked to show her around the school. She had moved from Florida and entered school year late. She was just as perfect as him. She had light brown hair that shined beautifully in the sun, undescribable eyes, a smile that could melt the coldest heart, a body that even models could only dream of, and she had the personality to match all of this. She was the captain of the cheerleading squad, the girls' track team, the girls' swim team, swim team, and was currently trying to get a snowboarding team started. Although life at school was great for both of them, neither of them had a good home life. Joey's mother had been killed in Florida by an attempted robbery at her work. Joey and her father decided to move to Hammingville to get away from the high crime rates in city life. The move had cost more than they had expected, so now Joey's father had to work constantly to pay off the new expenses. The rest of her family was spread sparsely over the country and only came to visit twice a year. Dax's family wasn't the best when it came to getting along, but they managed to stay together. Dax's mother was very careful about what Dax did because his older brother, Scott, had been killed four years ago and the police still hadn't found his killer. Scott was two years older than Dax. He was offered a full scholarship to Notre Dame, Notre Dame um, football, and all he had to do was finish high school. His mother was a big-time lawyer and was always working late on different cases. Her father used to spend a lot of time with Dax, but after Scott's, Scott died, um, he didn't do much of anything anymore. Joey worked extra hard to please everyone, and it paid off. All the teachers loved her, and everyone had at least heard of her at some point. But most of Dax's parents loved her most. 
Oh, sorry. But most of all, Dax's parents loved her most. <laughs> um, you could almost say they loved her more than her own parents. The Robinsons considered Joey as their daughter, and she spent a lot of time with them. Even when Dax wasn't home, Joey still came over to help his parents. She had helped Dax's father out a lot getting over Scott's death, and this made Dax a little jealous. He had tried for a long time to help his dad, and, had, and it had gotten worse. It almost seemed to Dax that when he talked to his dad that he was talking to Joey's dad because he bragged about Joey all the time and hardly mentioned Dax. But Dax did not let that affect his and Joey's relationship. Dax had saved up $400 to help pay for the cruise he was going on after graduation to celebrate. He went into his room to get the money to take it to the bank, but it was not in the safe as usual. The only ones who knew the lock combination was his mom and Joey. One day, he had planned to visit Notre Dame to discuss the scholarship they had offered him after work, but had forgotten his birth certificate and wouldn't have time to go home and get it. He called home, hoping his mom would be home, but she had been called to work on a big case. Joey was the only other person he knew to call, so he had to tell her the combination. Mom, did you get my money out of my safe while I was at school? Dax yelled from his bedroom. No, dear. Why? Is it missing? His mother asked, call Joey and ask her. She was here the other day looking for something. Did you know she had your... Yeah, okay, Dax interrupted. He called Joey and asked about the money, but she said she didn't notice any money, and as soon as she found the birth certificate, she closed the safe. This worried Dax, so Joey asked him if he would like to come over and watch some old movies, hoping to take his mind off the money for a while. He decided to take her up on the offer. Ding dong! Joey's doorbell rang, and she rushed to the door. She knew it was Dax. She was always excited to spend any amount of time with Dax that she could. Go on up to my room. I have to finish cleaning the kitchen for my dad, but it won't take a second. You can pick a movie we want to watch. You can pick the movie we watch first. Dax went to Joey's room, started looking at her movie collection. All the movies were neatly stacked on the shelf, except one fell. Dax reached behind the shelf and picked up the movie. Um, we've never watched this one. I don't even know if she had it, Dax thought. He walked over to the VCR and opened the movie box. There was $400. Joey! Da Dax yelled as he ran down the stairs. What? Is something wrong? Joey asked. Something wrong? Where did you get this money, Joey? Come down, Dax. What are you talking about? What money? You know what I'm talking about. The $400 in the movie case. Is this my money? Did you not expect me to find it when you asked to come over and watch movies? Dax, I don't know where that money came from. You you believe me, don't you? I love you, Joey. I know you're not the best off financially right now, but all you had to do was ask. I would have let you borrow it. I trusted you, but how can I now? It's over. Dax didn't even wait for Joey to reply, and he slammed the door and left. Joey couldn't have said anything if she wanted to because she was crying too hard. She didn't know what to do. How would she live without Dax? He was her whole life and first true love. How would she explain everything to everyone? When Dax returned home, he told his parents about what happened. They were shocked. Dax's mother called Joey and told her that she was not welcome in their house anymore, and she was very disappointed in her. She told her never to call or come by again and hung up. Joey knew everyone at school would know by lunchtime the next day what had happened, and she was too depressed to even get out of bed. 
She basically never saw her dad because he came in after she was asleep and left before she woke up. So she knew he wouldn't know if she had laid out of school for a couple days. After school that day, everyone called Joey to yell at her and tell her how disappointed they were in her. Even her closest friends turned against her. This was just too much for Joey to handle. So she found her dad's sleeping pills that he takes to make sure he can sleep whenever he gets a chance so he won't get sick from working so many long hours. It was a new bottle of 200 count. She took them all and was barely able to close her bedroom door before she fainted. It had been three days since she this took place and her dad noticed his pills were missing. He went to ask Joey about them. As he got closer to the room, it smelled weird and she did, wouldn't answer him when he called out her name. He opened the door and ran to her body. It felt unusually cold as he checked her pulse. He ran to the phone and dialed 911 when he couldn't find a pulse. The paramedics pronounced her dead on the spot. Then please, finish, Mr. Robinson, Jerry's, Jerry said curiously. I, I knew it had to happen because... Because I was only second best to her in my parents' eyes. Just like my brother. Dax had finally finished the sentence. The end. So, again, um, I did not expect that to be good. I, you know, so I, I don't even know why I shared it. But, um, and I don't know why I've, <laughs> I'm not a person that thinks in such dark ways. So I don't know why that... I wrote a story like that, but I will say that I know the reason why, I guess a little bit of why I wanted to share it and I guess why I was always kind of proud of it um, after I wrote it was that I always really like stories that have some sort of twist. Um, and so just the, um, you know, flashback and then flash forward and the whole finishing the sentence that basically explained that he had done it he had kind of framed it up to where uh, everyone, he knew that everyone hating her would be too much for her to bear. And he kind of forced her into almost suicide, basically, or I guess almost forced her into basically suicide. And he had, and he also admits that he basically killed his brother previously too. And so I don't know, I guess it's just that <gasps> moment that I thought was so cool and what kind of led me to writing that story, even though I'm not normally that dark. Um, but so anyway, I guess this is going to be a really short episode. I didn't realize that I that that would only take <laughs> 15 minutes or so. But um, so that's the first, uh, I guess, Stacy story time or Stacy radio hour. That's what it is. Stacy radio hour. Um so I hope you enjoyed that little sampling from, I don't know, middle school. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully uh, Devin will come up with something better for her solo episode. <laughs> All right. Have a good week. Talk to you later. Bye. A Hoots Media Production. Hoot, 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 ho